Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hello and welcome everyone to your bi-weekly installment of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. My name is Matt, your host extraordinaire. With me as always, my good buddy from the other side of the planet, Mysterious Mike. Hey everybody. Matt, are you going to talk about our first hate mail or our, our first hater on, on the social media? It was awesome. Our first hater on the social media. I think we uh, made it, you know? I think that's how you can officially say you've made it in the world, is when you get your first comment on YouTube of slander. Yeah, it was it was super exciting for me. I, I hadn't been hated on that much before, and it, it was good. I, I'm, I look forward to more hate. Bring it on. I am sure you've been hated on at least that bad before, just not in a public forum. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Because I've been hated on that much, especially in public forums. So I'm sure you've been hated on at least that much, just not openly on the interwebs. Maybe. All right. Well, sorry for that distraction, everybody. Oh, no, it's not a distraction. I think it's a good topic because send us your hate. Send us something. Send us your love. Send us your hate. Don't send us your children. We don't want them. But give us feedback. We welcome it all because guess what? We don't get any right now. Yeah, that's kind of true. All right. So, Mike, you want to roll on with it? What movie did we see this past week that we're going to talk about and people are not going to listen to because we're just two guys that are across the country from each other going and watching a movie and nobody cares because we're just talking bullshit. Well, uh, we went and saw the first purge, which is actually the fourth, fourth purge. I was going to say, is it the first purge? Is it technically the fourth, fourth purge? I think it's technically the fourth purge, but the title of the film is the first purge. Yeah, there's, they, they, they screwed up on the name of this one pretty bad. But this is the fourth movie in the series, but it's called The First Purge, and it's a prequel to kind of explain the origins of the Purge uh, phenomenon. Um, this movie was directed by Jared or Gerard McMurray. Uh, James Monaco uh, was the writer. It's starring uh, Yolan Noel as Dimitri. Lex Scott Davis as Naya, and Jovan Wade as Isaiah. Um, the, the summary of the plot for this one is, after the rise of a third political party, the new founding fathers of America, an experiment is conducted, no laws for 12 hours on Staten Island. No one must stay during the experiment, yet there's $5,000 for anyone who does. And uh, this is another Purge movie. If you've seen the other Purge movies, this is the same. <laughs> it's the same. And you're not wrong. So, Mike, I have lots and lots of fun opinions about this. Now, you said you didn't take a whole lot of notes on it. So what do you mean by that? Well, I didn't. There was, For me, there wasn't much to talk about in it. Uh, it it's... It's the same kind of movie that the last three movies have been. 
there's a there's kind of a, a beginning of um, them getting ready before the purge. Uh, then there's like the middle part of the purge, and then there's like the finale of the purge. That's about it. Uh, there, I mean, there's lots of different ways and things that happened in this movie that are a little bit different than the other ones, but uh, I don't know. This one was kind of politically motivated. It seemed like there was. There's quite a bit of social commentary about uh, racism and uh, class type systems going on in in this this new future America. The one thing that they didn't really talk about in this movie, which I thought they might, was how did America get to the place where they're like, "Hey, let's uh, let's go kill everybody." Exactly, and that. Uh is where I for sure want to start off my ranting on destroying this movie because there was a lot of missed opportunity in this movie. They could have spent half the film, at least in my opinion, explaining how the United States got to the point where they need to have a thing like the purge, why they came to the, you know, what chaos was going on in the streets, what everything economics, financial, president-wise, political-wise, they could have spent half the movie doing that. I think that would have been a hell of a lot more fascinating than the movie we were presented with, because all that we were presented with was, okay, here's 10 minutes of uh, news clips of why The Purge kind of became an idea, but not really. It was more about how the new founding fathers were elected, and... Then it was, okay, we're doing a purge now, and we're going to try it, and it's on Staten Island. Go. Yeah. Like, that was it. And yep. then it rolls into another purge movie. Yeah. <laughs> they really did miss the opportunity to give us some more. Uh, I think it really could have been smart. It really could have been informative. It could have been a hell of a lot more political. Not that I'm saying that's a good or a bad thing. It just could have been a hell of a lot more creative. I mean, they could have done anything. Anything. They could have said that there was a giant world war that did it, or it could have been overpopulation, or it could have been whatever. They could have come up with a really fascinating post-apocalyptic kind of idea that spiraled the country into this reason of having the purge. Like, I don't know if you remember in, uh, what was it? The third one? I think it was election year. Is that the last the last one, the one before this? Yes, remember? yes. Election year is the one. Yeah. Before now, in, a, in election year, they point out that people from other countries, specifically European countries, are flying into the United States to participate in the purge. So clearly, the rest of the world is doing just fine not having a purge. But some reason, the United States have to have a purge and everybody else decides, hell, let's go do it. This will be fun. Let's go kill people. Yeah, yeah. The first purge movie, just called The Purge. Uh, from 2013 was great but they didn't all they really kind of just said is there's this thing that happens and it's like 24 hour or i think it's 12 hours of it's 12 hours yeah yeah 12, 12 hours, hours of, of of lawlessness and you know it's about a guy who sells like armored systems so that people can feel safe during the purge and stuff and it was very small like it was just their experience during that night yeah, and he clearly has made a mint, multi-million dollars on creating these systems to basically protect the rich. And he just so happens to be a rich person now in this big, grandiose home with all this high security stuff. 
Yeah, and I thought that one was really well done, and it was kind of neat to have this this concept of the purge and all that. Uh, that was kind of cool. And then right, they, it was yeah. smart. It was interestingly filmed. Had great acting. Um, it was a good story. It wasn't an incredible story, but it was a good story. It was fascinating, and nothing had really been done like that. And the budget was small. Clearly. It didn't have the kind of budget. And then it left you wanting more. It left you wanting to know what the purge was like outside of the home. Right. Yep. And then they they went on to the purge anarchy. And then they went on to purge election year. And then now they've gone to this first purge. And those three movies have been fairly similar in their structures. Yeah. I would say the last three are almost identical where they have... People aren't killing enough or people are killing each other and they're not doing it right or whatever. And so guess what? They send in the government. And that's basically Purge Anarchy, Purge Election Year, and the first Purge. Basically exact same story on all three of them. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like a little bit different. Um, I guess it's like, uh, man, what are those, those, those horror movies where um, the death was coming to get you? Um you know which? Dang it! Death was coming to get you. Yeah, yeah. You know those those movies where um, these people like escape fate of like they they got off a plane because they had, like, a oh shit! Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The um, final destinations. Oh yeah, final destinations. Yeah. Yeah. So the, it's kind the of, it's, first one of that was really freaking smart and really good and really fun. Why the hell did they have to do it over like six or seven times? Yeah, I think so. It's it's kind of like that where. They found something that, that did reasonably well, and they're like, well, let's just keep making it. The next one made some money, and then they just keep kind of – they keep doing it over and over again um, because they're fairly cheap to make, and, um, you know, people keep going. I just really think it was a missed opportunity on this one. I mean, they really could have had a really fun, cool, interesting story. Don't get me wrong. That's one of the things that I do praise this movie for is that the story – itself as a purge story was pretty good it was interesting it was fascinating but again it was the exact same thing as the last movie and the movie before it yeah th- this movie's not bad i mean we're we're bitching about the overall what could have happened but the movie's just it's not bad there's no reason to go see it really unless you want to see that kind of movie um, the only reason I would tell people to go see this movie is the acting. Yeah, the acting is good. The The lead actor, great, now I'm going to have to pull up his name because I'm going to talk about him. Yolan Noel, breakout. I don't know. I don't recognize him from any other stuff. I'm sure he's been in other things that I've seen. Extremely talented. Did an amazing, amazing job in this movie. Just Loved him. Loved him. He is the saving grace for this movie. And the story that he does was just awesome. I liked it. Yeah, I, I, I thought the movie was overall pretty well done. Like, how all the shots and stuff were set up. It, it seemed okay. I mean, there's some cheap, cheap uh, special effects used. Uh, oh, my God, dude. Were you listening like, to the sound? Uh, I, I didn't hear the sound as much, but there, oh. I, I, I saw some, some fake blood that was like, man, <laughs> like, I mean, even, even Freddy versus Jason or, you know, like Jason, the old, old horror movie, Friday the 13th, 
They they had better blood than that, man. Well, what drove me nuts was the sound. If you sit down and you start listening, especially towards the end of the movie, I don't know if their sound guys just said screw it or what, but towards the end of the movie, it sounds like they bought like one of those little I don't know if you remember back when we were growing up, we, we used to have those little sound makers that you could buy at the store for like 10 or 15 bucks. And it would have like a bomb and it would have like a gunshot and it would have like all these weird sounds like a fart noise and all that stuff. Yeah. Like the gunshots and the explosions started sounding like they were just sitting there with one of those in front of a microphone and hitting it. I was like, this is ridiculous. This nice. is absolutely ridiculous. It just sounded so bad. Not the whole movie, but towards the end, it was just like they gave up. I wonder if they just didn't have a lot of time and it, it their, their post-production was taking too long and they're like, oh, just put something in there. It's a possibility, man. I, I wouldn't put it past them. So uh, about the story, just to hop back on there for a little bit, uh, Dimitri, the main character, I really liked that he starts out as a villain. Because he is. He's a villain. He's a... I don't want to say a gangster, but he is a gangster, but he's not. He is more of a mafia-style crime boss. Yeah, I mean, he's a businessman, but his business is dealing drugs. Yeah, well, that and also taking people out and various other things that a crime lord would do. But he is clearly a badass, and he is respected throughout the community, but he's also not really liked. Like, at all. He's not really liked. He's just respected. And so, it was interesting to see someone that is clearly the villain from the start of this film wind his way through becoming the hero of the film against the man, basically. Yeah. Yes, that's true. The only kind of weird issue I have with it is... He wants to save everyone in the neighborhood because they're his customers. And he doesn't... I, I don't know. I do feel for him a little bit, like, but it's it's a weird person to root for, kind of. Right. Because he's the anti-hero hero kind of thing. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's a bad guy. But I don't know if he's necessarily trying to save his customers. I think he sees the government... Coming in, and again, this is going to get kind of racist and political, which is another thing I want to bring up here. But he sees the white, old white man government coming in and disturbing his all-black neighborhood, his all-ghetto neighborhood. And they're coming in. The rich is lighting up the poor. The white is lighting up the black. That's what I think he was trying to say and do and save his people from. All right. Yes. I think now, that's Now, do true. you want to know why I say that? Because if you look at the film and you pay attention, I personally have never been to, um, oh, hell, what is it? Staten, Staten Island? Island. Yeah. I have personally never been to Staten Island. I don't know what the ethnic makeup is of Staten Island, but everyone that participates in this first purge that's on the island, 99% of them are black. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. You don't they, see hardly any white people. You don't see hardly any um, Latinos, Mexican, Puerto Ricans, Chinese, Japanese. You don't really see anyone else. You just see all black people. True. 
And so what they send in when the government says, oh, well, they're not killing each other enough. We need to send in the our guys to go kill some of these people. Who do they send in? They send in nothing but white mercenaries that are decked out in Ku Klux Klan, Ku Klux Klan gear, Nazi gear, white supremacist gear, and they come in. And they're mercenaries. They're not these racist stereotypes, but they come in looking like these racist stereotypes and light everybody up. They target all these different black communities specifically, like the black church and then like the projects. And like, so, I mean, they're clearly trying to make a statement with this film. Clearly. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty, it's pretty crystal clear. Yeah. Uh, Matt, did you even catch the part where the one girl's running... Um, she's running around and there's this part where she kind of gets baited into this thing where they, they pull her and they're trying to get her down into this grates or whatever. Oh yeah. Where they were like trying to like rape her kind of well, yeah. thing. Well, That's what yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. But they, they were, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they're like grabbing, grabbing. Oh, yeah. They so grab her it, by her cooter. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh God. So I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Oh, that's a total political statement. Well, and that, if you remember, we even posted it. It was one of our first tweets, actually, because uh, we started around, our podcast started around the time when this movie was first announced that it was coming. And one of the first tweets I put out was actually the announcement of this movie coming. And I thought it was interesting because they released a movie poster, and you know what the movie poster was, right? Did you ever see it? The first one? I don't know that I might have. I don't know. It was a red-billed cap. That said the first purge on it in the same lettering that said "Make America Great." Oh yeah, well that but that it makes didn't a lot say of sense. it didn't say "Make America Great." It said the first purge. Got it. And so then to include that by grabbing her by the cooter. Oh man, ha! I just realized that. That's funny. Yeah, it. it I mean, it was pretty. I I, I picked up on it, but uh, you know. This movie definitely is got political undertone. I mean, not really undertone, just straight up political in it. But uh, you know, it, it was still a pretty good movie. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I didn't think it was that great, but it was entertaining. I guess I, I'm glad I my movie pass was not in peak pricing, so I was able to go see it. Oh, yeah. Uh, talking about your peak pricing in MoviePass, uh, can you give us a little bit more info on what's going on with that and how that's affecting everything? All right, kids. So the ongoing saga of Matt Hinshaw photo, you know, MoviePass subscriber is, uh, you know, I am starting to find some new things out. Like uh, I was having a problem checking into films. And I thought it was uh, just they were either the local theater here was just canceling their contract or deal with uh, MoviePass and find out that it wasn't. Um, I started contacting uh, their help texting message system that takes forever and it's absolute hot garbage, but it's the only way to get some answers. Hey, they only have about 30 people that work there, so I'm just saying. Oh, they have more than that now, but still, yeah. They don't have phone lines. You message them and they get back to you when they can, which is fine. I don't really care. I wasn't in uh, – I was trying to see if they had it fixed. I wasn't, like, going to go see a movie 
kind of thing. So I wasn't in a huge rush. Like a lo- most people are when they are contacting their support. <laughs> it's usually they're standing outside the movie theater. I wasn't. I was sitting at work just trying to see if they had fixed the stupid app. And so I started contacting them again. Uh, this is the second time. I talked with a couple of my local buddies that also have movie pass, and they were having the same problems with them, except for one. And I asked him, well, what phone do you have? He said, oh, an iPhone. And he had no problem. He saw the theater. He was able to check in. No problem. All my friends that were having problems were on Android phones. Uh, newer ones, a little bit older ones. I don't think it was really particular. But there is a bug that they are trying to fix in their app. And they have done three updates since I contacted them in the past week and a half or two weeks or so. And they still haven't been able to figure it out. But it's working to a level now. But basically, there is a bug in Android. And it's not widespread. It's actually kind of very limited spread where the bug will make the movie theaters that you can check into just disappear. They're not on your map. Oh, that's not good. Right. So then you can't check in and go see the movie. So you have to contact their support department, and then they can check you in manually, and you can walk in and buy your ticket and do your thing. So that's how I was having to do it. Well, one of the updates, they were, I don't know how they did it, or if it was intended or if it was not intended, But underneath, they basically have all the movie posters of the movies that are out. They have upcoming, they have current releases, new releases, stuff like that. And so what you do, if you have an Android, you scroll down, you find the movie you want to see, you click on that movie poster, and that'll open it up. Typically, if it's like a coming soon or something like that, it'll open up and give you a synopsis and a way you can play the trailer and stuff like that. Well, if you can't check in or you can't find the theater, you open that up and bam, there is all the showtimes of your theater that's closest to you at that point for you to be able to go check in. Huh. So they fixed it, but not really. In a kind of a weird way. Yes, they fixed it enough to where I don't have to contact their help desk anymore to manually check me in. Yeah, yeah. from the software industry, we would say work around. Exactly. That's nice. Um, The peak pricing has been put in place for sure. I did not run into the peak pricing while trying to see The Purge, which was surprising. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's one I want to talk about is when I saw the movie. This might turn into a little bit longer podcast because I got an interesting topic to bring up on that, Mike. Well, well, I was just going to say, I don't know if this is something I should touch on, but... Do you think it's unfair that the iPhone one worked and the Android didn't, and they're prioritizing the iPhone customers over Android? I don't think that's their intention. I think that their developers or the developers that they're hiring are, you know, Androids are tough, man, because they put them on every single different handset. That's one of the benefits of having a Macintosh computer or an Apple product just in general is Apple controls everything from the hardware to the software, everything. And so when they send out the specs to the developers, you know, your iPhone is going to be the same as the dude's iPhone from two years ago and whatever. Whereas an Android phone, they're all over the place, man. Yeah, so you're, I, you're talking about the fragmentation, the the different operating systems, the screen sizes, the resolutions, all that stuff. The, it's a the nightmare hardware, on the Android. chips, the RAM. Yeah, it, it, is, it is a living nightmare on Android. It really is. And so I can't fault the developers. I really can't. I don't think they're doing it on purpose. I just feel that it's that, you know, that fragmentation, like you said. 
I don't yes. think it's on purpose at all. So what were you going to say? Did I did I derail you? You you were going to talk no, more no. about. Um, but I'll, I'll let me do the peak pricing, and then I'll get into when I saw the theater. Maybe we should do our ratings before, and then it will, I'll we'll do a sidebar so then people can, if they want to listen to it, they can because it's it's going to be a nasty rant, dude. It's going to be ruthless. All Just right, all right, know. all right. Well, I still also need to relate this to yeah, the MCU. Yeah. Let me let me finish with my uh, uh, peak pricing. So the peak pricing is in effect. It did not affect me on this movie. But our next review, it is affecting me. Almost every single showtime for our next review, Skyscraper, has peak pricing, including the extremely late night show in Prescott at 10 o'clock. On a Sunday, on a Monday, on Saturday, on Friday, even the latest, latest show has peak pricing. Now, here's what's really interesting. Well, well, Matt, bef- before you get into that, just let the audience know a little bit more about Prescott, about uh, how big it is and, and, and stuff, like because uh, some people might be tuning in from other states. Oh, okay. For those of you who are not in Arizona or have never been to Prescott and you are in Arizona or if you're elsewhere in the world, country, whatever, Prescott is not a large metropolitan city. Prescott is a amalgamation of four different communities, smaller communities – that total is 100,000 people. Now, here's the fun and interesting part. I would estimate 60% of our population is 65 and older, at least. So going to the movie theater past 4 o'clock in the afternoon is just not one of those things they do. You might get a rare one here and there, but they just don't do it. Like, I saw The Purge on... Thursday? Last week? Yes, I, I believe Thursday. you saw it on Thursday, yes. Thursday last week, and I did not go to the Late Show. I went right after work. I went and saw it at 7 o'clock, and there was not one gray-haired person in there. And it was 7 o'clock, which is an average showtime. There was lots of people, a decent amount of people. It was the small theater in there. but So we're getting surge pricing here in a town where there's probably maybe three people who are going to go see Skyscraper on Saturday night at 10 o'clock. Yeah, and how many people do you think in your town have MoviePass? Like, you think it's pretty low? No, I would say it's probably better than average for a community this size because we have a lot of... um, uh, well, you know what? Maybe scratch that. I take that back because the retirees probably don't. Because I mean, I know I know retirees here that I call friends that don't even own cell phones. Like, not joking, they don't own cell phones. I know a few guys that don't even own computers, don't have email, have no desire. So it probably is below average. But the people I know that have movie pass tend to be younger. A few of them are a little older, but they're either movie files like myself. Or they are uh, uh, nerdy people or they're broke people like myself who are just trying to save money and still get to go see movies. Those are the people that I know that have movie pass here. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you're you're using it a lot more than probably the average person. But I mean, if you went and saw like two movies a month on movie pass for the most part, if there wasn't the surge pricing thing, it would be worth it. It would still be saving you money here. Yeah, unless you're a retiree. If you're a retiree here, I don't think it would be saving you money because the retiree prices to see the movie are is under if you saw it to a month, it would be under ten bucks. Whoa. Man, yep. that's cheap. Not by much. 
But I think it's like four fifty for a retiree to go see a movie. Nice. Any time of day. Anytime. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I think here it's uh five fifty at the cheapest price for uh the seniors uh in my metropolitan area. Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Yep, intercourse. <laughs> okay, so back on the surge pricing. When I was looking at sky skyscraper, because I've been looking at it on Friday, I looked at it on Saturday, and I looked at it um, today. We're recording Sunday. For those of you who uh, don't know, we're recording in the past. The surge pricing is actually changing. The surge pricing on Friday was two dollars and some odd cents. On Saturday, it was two dollars and some odd cents. Today, the surge pricing is almost three fifty. So the the surge pricing has gone up a full dollar in a couple days. Yeah, I wonder what that's about because traditionally Sunday is uh, starting to have the drop off on the movies for the demand. Well, and on top of it, skyscraper, according to the box office numbers, is not doing real well. Yes, I. I uh, I read that as well, but uh, when I went and watched it, uh, I watched this uh, on Friday morning. Uh, that's mm-hmm. when I tend to go to movies because they're not very busy. It was packed. I had to sit in the front front row. Oh, dude, that sucks. I would have just not gone if I had to sit in the front row. I would have been pissed. Well, it's okay. The The particular theater I go to, uh, which is a Cinemark. Uh, I used to actually work for Cinemark long ago. Um, do, do you get an employee discount? No. No, I do ah. not. Uh, they have reclining chairs uh, at every seat, so it's awesome. So, hey, I that's just, like uh, that's like our picture show. I haven't been to that place uh, yet with you, but uh, the um, I do enjoy the reclining chairs. Uh, it cuts down a lot on the amount of seating in all kinds of theaters, but uh, it's so much more relaxing. I love it so much. Yeah, well. I think the last time you were out here, they had maybe just opened Picture Show. I don't remember. Because they were shut down for, you know, it was a different theater and a different chain. And Picture Show came in and bought it. The company that is known as Picture Show now, which is a small chain. Um, the theater here was either their second or third one ever. Oh, uh, I think it was open. I think we were just more interested in going and doing other things at the time. The last Being time hooligans. I was there. Yeah, hooligans, yes. Yep. So, anyways, so I thought that was interesting about the peak pricing. All right, Mike, so let's get back on track. Marvel Cinematic Universe. How does the first Purge, another Purge movie, uh, they should have that underneath the title in quotations. The first Purge, another Purge movie, relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, uh, thanks for asking. Uh, this one was difficult as well to uh, link to a Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe, but I was able to find the executive producer of The First Purge was the first assistant director of Thor, and his name is Luke uh, Etain. Now, which Thor? The original Thor? Yes, the the well, the Thor, not the original, original Thor... The Thor Dark world? Well, the the first Thor with um Queen Amidala. Yes. So yeah, that was just the I think that shit, what did they call that? No, they, I think they just called it Thor, didn't they? They might yeah, they might have just called it Thor. I don't know if it I don't know if it has uh anything extra, but uh yeah. So I was able to relate this one back as well. So so far, 
doing pretty well with all these uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe tie-ins. Dude, you're knocking out of the park, man. In my book, you're knocking out of the park. I don't know how you're doing this, but you're doing it. And all thanks to IMDb. Oh, yeah. No, it's all Internet Movie Database. Uh, Thanks, Amazon. You rock. I think we really need to start saying that we are the unofficial, official podcast of IMDb. I don't know if we could say that, but... uh, Oh, come on. The, The unofficial podcast of IMDb. Because we just use your services so much. Yeah, we're we're basically just regurgitating anything they put on there. And so far, uh, you know, it's going pretty well. Yeah, well, you're specifically regurgitating it. Literally. Yeah, except, <laughs> except I can't pronounce anything. I'm trying, hence, but I'm terrible. Hence the regurgitation. All right, then. That one fell flat. <laughs> It did a little bit, yes. So, Mike, the first purge, how many reels do you give another purge movie? Uh, so, I'm going to give this two and a half reels. Uh, it's, if you have, I mean, if you like the purge movie series, this is another one that you should go see because it's the same kind of purge type story. It's 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 a pretty decent movie. As far as like how they they set up everything, but I don't know. It's I w- I, I wanted a lot more from it and it didn't deliver. So uh, I would recommend seeing it if you like the Purge movies. If not, uh, this will be on the Netflix and Amazon videos and uh, every other thing fairly quickly, I imagine. But. Uh, yeah, so two and a half reels for me. Well, Mike, that is my sentiments exactly. I really think they had a missed opportunity on this film. I think they could have done something really fun, really interesting, really creative. Would it have been a giant blockbuster? No. But it would have been a hell of a lot more interesting than another damn Purge movie where they do literally the exact same thing. The only saving grace in this movie was the acting. Um, I really hated uh, how Marissa Tomei was just kind of like there like i think this was just a paycheck movie for her i didn't like how they offed her character without even like batting an eye i thought that was dumb oh yeah and it was weird because they offed her character in like from like a third video screen like you didn't even get to it was weird uh how they got rid of her like it seemed like she was only contracted to be there for a couple days she did her thing and she was out yeah it was just it was awful it, I didn't like that. And she's a very good actress, and she could have... Eh, I don't know if she, you know her role would have really added much more to it or whatever to this particular story, but if they would have done a different story, maybe. But Demet- you know, the guy, uh, Yolande Noel, who played Dimitri, is like the biggest saving grace for me. He just did a great job, and the story was you know solid. Not incredible, not anything fancy, but as a standalone without... Comparing it to the other purges and saying it's just another damn purge movie. You know, I like the villain becoming a hero kind of thing. It was kind of neat. So uh, I do not like it as well as you did, Mike. I give it a two out of five film reels. Well, I am kind of a purge fan. So I kind of just like the genre. I kind of like this universe. It's kind of, to me, it's kind of 
interesting to see this kind of anarchy in the streets and how it plays out. Although I know this is a lot of like political motivations in, in, in the movies, but just the raw part of where they're just people could go out and kill people. Who's going to do it kind of thing. It's a, it's an interesting question. Yes, I I agree with that. I like the, uh, I like the idea of the purge. I like the idea of it as a story. The first one I enjoyed quite a bit. I thought it was a good movie. The second one was nice because you got to see what was going on on the streets. The acting wasn't so great. The story wasn't amazing, but you at least got to see more. The third one, eh. This one, you know, I w- you know, if they would have maybe like not done the second and third one and maybe did like this one right after the first one, maybe I would have been a little bit more uh praising of this film. I guess is a good way to put it. Might have fit in a little bit better being the sequel instead of, you know, a fourth. But whatever, to each their own. Yeah, and I think, Matt, part of the reason I even like this more is uh, I am a big fan of uh, Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. And they usually have Purge stuff because this is a Universal movie. So I enjoy seeing that stuff in kind of the real life. So they usually have some kind of like scare zone or, or a house, like a haunted house. I, I don't really, I don't really remember that from the uh, last time I was out there for Halloween Horror Nights. I don't think they had it that the year that you were here. I was gonna say uh, either I was super liquored up and just don't remember, or they didn't have it that year. I don't know, but yeah, that would have been cool to see because yeah, I bet that's fun. Yeah, I, I think it's a great um, what they call scare zone. Uh, yeah, concept uh-huh. because you know it's like anarchy in the streets and weird costumes and all that stuff. So, oh, it fits great, especially with the masks and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, uh, Mike, do you ever watch Rick and Morty? I need to, but I have not. All right, you need to watch Rick and Morty. I am obsessed with that show. Well, not obsessed. I love that show. I think it's a very good show. I own all three seasons on Blu-ray. It's incredible. I know there's something with Szechuan sauce. Oh, yeah. Well, that's season three. I think it's season three. I believe it's the first episode of season three. Um, There is... You understand what Rick and Morty is. They go to... It's multiverse, and they go to multiverses and different planets and all these other things. Well, one of their episodes, they go to a purge planet. Oh, interesting. All right. It is just freaking hilarious. Just hilarious. So funny. But you don't want to watch it as kind of a standalone episode. You want to make sure you've watched Rick and Morty a little bit to understand why it's so funny. Because you need to kind of know the main characters of Rick and Morty, especially when they go into the Purge. (laughs) This Purge planet, it's hilarious. All right. So with that, I think we will let you guys go on that level. If For those of you that want to sit around and listen to my rant... It's going to be an interesting rant. It's probably an important rant. It has to do with people attending movies, which I think we should just tackle as a podcast one of these weeks when we have nothing else to talk about. Oh, okay. Um, but Yeah, and I do. I have one more question to ask you, Matt, but uh, we can do it on this uh, bonus segment. Uh, on this little bonus segment, yeah. this little edition. I'm not going to put the music before this. I'm just going to warn people that if you don't want to listen to us rant and rave, uh, that's where we're going to start now. So 
All right, Mike, go for it. What's up? All right, Matt. So I should have brought this up a little earlier, but what did you think about the drones that were shooting people? It's about damn time. What well, what what really bothered me about it though is that if you watch the other purge movies, there are no drones shooting people. There's no drones really at all. I think there was one in election year and it was a it was a real one, believe it or not. I know that specific drone kit. It was a kit actually. But that's what's so funny and a big riff in this is that they have these really high advanced drones lighting people up in the first purge. And it's the first purge. Like uh, the election year one is like 25 years after the first purge and they don't have drones and they have a chintzy little drone in there. Come on. <laughs> yeah, was I was a, just I was, was just going to ask you because 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 uh, the audience might not know this, but Matt is like a. uh a connoisseur of um, flying, remote control flying uh, stuff. What, what would you call it, Matt? Yes, I am a hobbyist in the remote controlled arts, I guess you would say. I have been flying model aircraft, specifically airplanes, since I was 12 years old. So that's well, that's over 20. Uh, no, that's 25 years this year, I believe. And I am a big fan of RC planes. I enjoy them a lot when the drone craze craze started. And now we're not talking the public drone craze. I'm talking the hobbyist drone craze, which started, God, probably 10 years ago now, maybe more. I got one. I built one. I got the fun ones, the fast ones, not the ones that take pictures and all that shit. Sure, that's cool. That's fun. But it's boring to me. I'd rather have one that goes 80 miles an hour, three inches off the ground kind of thing. So that's what I built, and that's what I fly. So, you know, from that aspect, it doesn't surprise me because, as you know, Mike, you know, uh, we've been using drones in warfare for, God, probably 30 years now. You know? Uh, yeah, it's it's been a while. I don't know if it's 30 years, but, uh, I, I mean, I think they started developing them 30 oh, years well, ago. Oh, my, well, my, fa- my father was part of one of the very first programs that – for the military, that was a drone program, and it was an airplane. And the original drones, until you'll love this, the original drones were only ever intended for surveillance and high altitude um, observation, um, getting closer to the battlefield, re- relaying maps, relaying photographs, relaying information. That was what military drones were originally designed for. Every single one of them. That's what they were designed for. They might put lasers on them to help laser-guided bombs and things like that, but they were never, ever, ever built for killing themselves. They were just a tool. Guess which president was the president that put, was the first one to arm a drone? Uh, I actually don't know. So uh, which president? It was Mr. Bush Jr., Ah, okay. Now, he didn't use them a whole lot. The president that used them constantly was Obama. But I don't know how it came about, who came up with the idea. I'm sure it was just a normal dude that, hey, we have these drones. They can carry cameras, giant, expensive infrared cameras. Why the hell can't they carry a couple missiles? And so they threw a couple on there. And wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Now we got... Flying drones that kill people. Yeah, that's the yes, we do. 
All right. Now answer a question, Mike. It does. So let's let's uh so let's let's get into this uh this ranch you got. Let let, let me hear it, man. This is really bad. I actually uh when I got out of the movie, I actually called my mother. Not that I like to talk about my mom all the time on this podcast, but I do anyways. I didn't know anyone else to call, but I really had to get this out because it really upset me. It really made me angry. When I saw the first purge, I noticed a trend. I was the first one in the theater, and I didn't show up that early. I showed up maybe 20 minutes early. And I walk in, I sit down and grab my seat, and then people start trickling in. And I noticed something very odd. The people that were coming in were middle school and young high school-aged girls with what looked like their grandmothers or their mothers or an older sister bringing them to see The Purge. What? I would say the first six couples, like not couples like dating couples, but couple of people came in were like that. So and I was like, this so is weird. Young- I was like, Incredibles 2 is, you know, the other theater. This is not... This is the purge, or am I in the wrong theater? I honestly thought it was in the wrong theater. Honest to God. Did you go check? Uh, <laughs> I looked at my ticket. I looked at my ticket multiple times to make sure I was in the right theater, and I was. I was in the right theater. Oh, but that's okay. not I, the I, kicker. I didn't know if you walked outside to be like, is this No, this because the right they one? Did, that's one thing that screwed up. There you have these digital screens that are all broken and messed up that they used to have the movie poster on the screen and it would say what movie was in there and all that stuff. And now the screen just says what theater it is. That's it. So they're all screwed up. Yeah, they're oh, having issues. Oh, oh, like uh like they're just their stuff broken. They didn't they're too cheap to fix it right now. So yeah, it's just pretty kinda, much. Yeah. So anyways, um that wasn't the kicker. I was like, okay, I guess I don't know why they would be interested. It's a horror movie. I guess they want to see it for that. But I, I was just kind of stunned. And then what really floored me and really made me question if I was not sitting in a theater for Incredibles 2 was a family walked in. It was a mom and dad, a young teenage boy, probably 13, a six or seven year old girl and an eight or nine year old girl, not girl, a uh, son. And they all walked in, and the reason why I point this out so bad is that they sat right next to me. Now, this is where it gets really fun. The the whole family is attending The Purge? The Purge, a rated R film that is one of the more extreme rated R films you can attend. Yeah, it's pretty violent. uh, Yeah, it's what they call in the industry uh, murder porn, because they just kill people. (laughs) <laughs> and they kill him gruesome, and there's blood and guts everywhere. Granted, yeah. as you pointed out, it wasn't the most realistic. But still, for a young kid, it probably is. So the father, the mother, and the older teenage boy sit next to me. The two young ones go all the way to the front of the theater and sit in the first row. Then, again, I'm like, is this Incredibles 2? What the hell is going on? So that time I was, I checked my ticket again. And then I was like, I'll, I'll wait for the trailers because if it's, if it's Incredibles 2, the trailers will be Disney movies, you know, because when I saw Incredibles 2, that's what it was. It was all Disney movies or animated movies or Marvel movies so, were all so, the trailers. So let me get this right. You're too lazy to get out of your chair to see, to go out to the front of the theater to see if it was really the right theater. Dude. I'm no, I'm not doing that. I I thought they might have because this has happened to me multiple times at picture show. 
where they started the wrong freaking movie. What? I'm dead serious. They started the wrong movie. This has happened twice to me there. Where I went in to see a hardcore movie like this, not The Purge, but a hardcore action movie. Uh-huh. And literally, we got through about 15 minutes of an animated kids movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. So I was thinking that maybe they forgot to change over the theater numbers or whatever. And so all these people are coming in to see Incredibles 2. And they just didn't change it over, and I'm in the wrong theater, or I got whatever. And so it's like, I'll wait for the trailers. And the trailers kick on. And the trailers are all horror movies. And I'm like, nope, I'm in The Purge. Yes. And so the movie starts up, and yes, I'm in The Purge. And these people paid, and they know they're in to see The Purge. Now, this is where it gets really disturbing and pisses me off, and why I had to call my mom immediately when I got out of the theater, because I was so upset. Okay, go. The movie starts out, as you know... Introduction, stuff like that. The little kids, no problem. They're hanging out. They're chilling, right? The murdering starts. The six, seven-year-old, let's say under 11-year-old aged young boy and young girl come running from the front of the movie to the back to their parents, begging them, pleading them, can we please go and see another movie? We don't want to watch this. Please, can we go? Can we just go sit out in the in the lobby? Can we go and watch Incredibles? I, we don't. I don't want to see this. This is scary. I don't like this. Can please? And they're right next to me. I'm hearing this. Wow. And do you know what the father says? I don't care. Shut up. Watch the movie. And so the kids get up, walk back to the front of the theater, sit down, and continue the movie. 45 minutes later, it's starting to get really – it's at that that point where they're really starting to just slaughter everyone. It was when all the uh, um, uh, government guys are coming in and they're just mowing down like a church and they're mowing down like everyone. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. kids come running back and this time they're in fucking tears. Please, Dad, please. We don't want to watch this. We don't want to watch this. We want to be out there. Please, Dad, shut the hell up. And watch the damn movie. I was at the point of getting up and getting a manager. I didn't. I figured it's not my business. It's not my place. But I was so disturbed by this. I had to call my mom and explain it to my mom. And my mom, as sweet and nice she is, she said, how is that legal? And I had to explain it to my mom that movie theaters are not laws the ratings on a movie are not laws if you want to take a five-year-old kid into an x-rated movie you can you have to have your adult with you but you can yeah you can it's uh yeah it is not a law it is a suggestion rated r is just under 17 uh has to have an adult and their adult was right there their mom and dad made them see this movie they did not and so this is where it gets interesting and how I was trying to explain it to my mom. My mom is a uh, art person, art connoisseur. I was like, mom, you have to think of the movie theaters this way. The movie theater is a private entity. It's a private property. It's much like, say, an art gallery. It is not legal to display nudity in a public setting. Well, art galleries are private property. Art galleries can put naked photographs naked paintings, naked sculptures up in an art gallery. A five-year-old can walk in and take a look at it. Any age person can come in and look at it. 
Any person can walk in and look at, you know, uh, a painting of a murder or whatever. Movie theaters are the same way. Movies are forms of art. And so that's how you have to think of this. And that was how I was able to explain it to my mom. But she didn't understand that. She thought the MPAA rating was like a law. I'm like, no, "No, it's not. No, it's not. It's, I mean, and it's really up to the theater to enforce it. Uh, But, I mean, clearly it didn't matter because they were with their parents. Right. That's totally okay. You being a former employee of the movie theater industry, I thought you would find this story interesting because in all my years of seeing movies with you in high school, college, here by myself, with friends, with family, with a large group of people, uh, renting out theaters, you know, where I was invited to private screenings and stuff. I have never, ever, ever, ever seen this happen. And I just, I was just, what the hell is wrong with these people? Your children are sitting there begging you not to see this freaking movie. They don't want to see it. They don't want to see the murder. They don't want to have nightmares. They don't want to be scared. They don't want to be there. And you are forcing them to see this shit? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't that's believe a weird it. one, man. Um, I couldn't I, believe it. I am shocked, though, uh, all the times I go to the movies. Um I see people bringing in their little kids into these terrible movies all the time. Uh, I do see that. Not well. Not not usually to the age of where they're understanding quite everything that's going on, but it's still probably not a good thing. Well, when I saw uh, Deadpool two, uh, when I was back home for uh, my nephew's graduation, my mom wanted to see Deadpool two. Damn it, that would have been a great podcast, but she wasn't gonna do it. Ugh. Was I was gonna have my mom do a review of Deadpool two with me? That would have been hilarious. But she she did want to do it, uh. and so my sister and I and my mom went and watched Deadpool two, and we went during the day because it was the day of actual graduation. So we went during the day because we didn't have anything to do. So we went and saw like the one or two o'clock in the afternoon, and there was a family there, much like this one, where the kids were probably five, six, seven years old, maybe younger than these young kids, and they were in there, and they had an infant with them. All sitting there watching Deadpool 2. They didn't get up and leave. They didn't bat an eye. And again, I was questioning, do you know what movie you're in? Like, did you read the marquee? Did you watch the trailer? Do you realize that this is nothing but murder and dick and fart jokes for two and a half hours? I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just fed up with society. Maybe that's why I don't want to have a child. Maybe that's why I don't want to... Get married. Maybe that's why I just want to be alone forever. But look at this shit. I mean, I'm in Prescott. I'm not even a, in a big town and people are doing shit like this. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's concerning, man. Like, uh, I used to watch whatever, but um, I didn't really start to watch a lot of, like, uh, our movies and stuff until I was uh, probably, like, middle school, like, late middle school, 7th, 8th grade. So I, I I don't know, man. In every kid in 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 situations different, but uh, I don't think that it's a good idea to be exposing all these kids to this this stuff. I don't know. Well, I think if you're asking for it, like we were, like I want to go see Terminator Two. I want to go see this movie, or I want to see this horror movie, or whatever. We're sitting there asking to go see this shit. Fine. Go see one. If it scares the shit out of you, 
you learned your lesson kind of thing. But these kids did not want to be there. They did not. Yeah, that's, I mean, a, that's a lot different situation, man. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen where there were kids actually asking to leave because of the, the movie. I've n- I don't think I've actually seen that. Right. And that's what floored me the most is because it was on the brink of almost like, I hate to say child abuse, but it, yeah, they don't want to be there. They're being forced to see something extremely violent, extremely scary, especially for someone that young. I mean, think about it. What was your first rated R movie, Mike? Ooh, I don't know, man. My my cousins made me watch some stuff and messed me up. Like, uh, I, I think the first movie that really bothered me a lot when I was a kid was, uh, I think I saw Child's Play when I was like six. Yeah, dude, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good one. I wow. definitely don't like Chucky. Oh, shit. You know what screwed me up about that, too? Because I saw it when I was young, but I don't think I saw it as young as you. Is I had one of those dolls like that. Not the one that, not a Chucky doll, because they weren't real. But the doll that Chucky, the movie, was based on and the writer that got his inspiration from, I had one of those. They were called My Buddy. Yeah. No, I had one of those as a kid, and I immediately had to throw that shit out after I saw <laughs> Child's play. (laughs) I definitely can attest to that was uh, quite a traumatic experience for me. Um, Well, I was going to use this as an example, but it's clearly not going to work because Child's Play is pretty freaking brutal. I saw my very first rated R movie that I saw in a theater. I I think I've talked about it on on the podcast before, but it was uh, Terminator 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw Terminator 2. Um, you know, it was weird. Uh, one of my friends or somebody, his dad had, like, bootlegged it, and we saw it, like, in the th- when it was in the theaters, I went over to his house and watched it. Nice. Yeah, well, it was like, it was like, I was like, what? What is happening right now? I was like, I didn't, at that time, I didn't understand all about, like, people copying movies and all that stuff. That was, like, my first introduction to pirating i guess and and that kind of stuff that could happen nice well i remember seeing it in the theater with uh my buddy back then and i don't remember who we tricked into taking us to go see it but we tricked someone in i told this story before but we tricked one of our parents into taking us or older sibling or whatever to go see it at rnm cinema and you know, it didn't shock me, it didn't scare me, it didn't blow me away, but if you look back and you watch Terminator 2, yes, it was groundbreaking for its time, but it was not at the level of The Purge with the blood, guts, and gore and scariness. It was, you know, yeah, it's inherently scary, but it's an action movie. You know, it's more futuristic scary, which a kid wouldn't understand, but it was an action movie. It was a dude running around, lighting people up with mini guns and a robot and all that stuff. So... To compare that to if the Purge election year was my first movie, seeing it at 11 or 12 years old as my first rated R, that would have scared the living hell out of me. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I did see a movie with my dad, uh, like probably the only, so my dad doesn't attend a lot of movies and uh, he wanted to go see this movie and I was like, oh, I'll go with you, but it's it was rated R and it was really... um. It's a very dark movie, and uh, we went and saw it at the theater. It was, it was a uh, ninety-two, so I was ten, and we went and watched um, Unforgiven. Oh wow! 
And I, I remember my dad was like, don't tell your mom you got to see this. <laughs> well, it's out now. I'm going to go call him up and we get done with this and I'm going to let your mom and dad both know. Yeah, uh, well, we, we, we went and saw it. Uh, that that is a true uh, a true story. Uh, I remember that it was very odd for my dad wanting to see a movie, and then it was R, and then that he would take me. So I was like, "Oh, let's go." Well, all right, Mike. I think I'm going to end my rant there, but I just felt that that was an important topic to discuss for those of you who stuck around and listened to our full, almost hour long podcast. Half of it ranting. Thanks, because I think it's important. For those of you who didn't, eh. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Uh, yeah, we definitely didn't even intend this for, for this to be this long. Uh, but uh, we, we just had to talk about some extra stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I just thought it was a really important topic because it really bothered me. I mean, seriously, I seriously called my mom when I walked out because I was just so just upset. And it just maybe it's just me getting older and more mature and whatever and not being someone to breed and not wanting some to breed and get married and all that other shit. And to see people that are doing shit like this to their children who clearly, Oh, I just, it's not as, it's not like watching someone, you know, hit a kid or smack a kid or something in Walmart or, or, you know, even someone being beat or something, but still psychologically and emotionally, this is probably going to bother those kids for a while. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it probably will. Um, especially since they didn't want to be there. It's, uh, man, that is really a weird situation. I would be upset by that as well. All right. Well, Mike, you got anything else you want to add this week? Uh, no, no. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. Okay, get out all the coughing. Oh, dude, I can take out coughing because usually when I cough is when you're talking and I'm not, so I just cut it out. It's easy. Uh, now the snorting, that's another story.